Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome back to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We're back again with my friend, wearer of beards, cutter down of trees, mm. lover of freshly mowed grass. <laughs> Corey Mueller is with me, just a guy who made bad decisions in college, but still wants his <laughs> loans paid off by you, Jared Bradford. Oh, yeah. Man, you never know where you're going to go when you start titling. Your titles, you have some pretty epic history of making awesome titles. Thanks. I should have been a town crier and made and sold titles to people, you know? Dude, yeah, that could have been your job back in the day. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm good. Um, We did the Annie yesterday, and so I'm still recovering a little bit from that. Yeah. Man. While we were doing the Annie, um, I obviously had a lot on my mind. For those of you who don't know, Annie passed away uh, six days ago. And uh, so doing the Annie was both physically challenging and also very emotionally challenging. But there were many points on the last three miles of that ruck where I was cursing bones for making up this as a weekly warrior benchmark workout. But we got it done. We had a nice turnout, actually. There was seven of us, eight of us that showed up, a couple doggos, and and we did the whole thing. And um, it was really good. But I I hurt quite a bit today. So Yeah. It's not not an easy thing. It's definitely like once a year. Let's do it once a year. Uh, type of type of ruck it's 10 miles with a heavy sack too i loaded my sack up i'm like oh fuck <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> yeah. really suck yeah it's man really suck that's when you so, were when i was texting you last night and i was like man i'm just so sore and you're like why i, I wanted know, I to punch you. you i wanted I to punch you. you i know you were <laughs> i was like I why punch like, you why and- what'd you do <laughs> i imagine but. like the ankles were like sore too Honestly, the worst part of the whole thing for me was my hamstrings. Um, the mm. rest, I was That's pretty good. okay, but it felt like up until about seven miles, uh, the first five miles went by quick, and they were we. I think we got five miles done in. A per, I can't remember exactly. We were at an hour roughly at three, so probably like an hour and a half ish for five. But um, the last. The last three miles were extremely challenging, um, and our, my time ended up being three hours and 55 minutes. Uh, nice. A couple of the guys that were there finished ahead, but I, like I said, I believe that only Tristan and I were RX weight, which yeah. is okay. It doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. just walking 10 miles in general for most people is pretty challenging feat. It is. It is. All in one go, especially. Um, but yeah, it was good. Uh, it was a good time to, like, process a little bit, and have having that support there was pretty cool had a lot of people like reach out on instagram um and text message who are also like they may have not done the full thing but they like got out and walked and like made it a point to report back and so connor and i have received a lot of support over the last week from a lot of people and it's 
it's helped the grieving process quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think the the fact that the workout, well, we wrote the workout a long time ago, a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, we got to do it, we got to do it. And like, all right, well, let's do it in January, you know, and then everything happened. And it's like, well, this is kind of a, a odd coincidence, you know, because it's yeah. not, it's probably one of the hardest workouts that we've written. And I specifically wrote it for Annie because Annie was the one that like, all right, we're going to go on hikes and she's never going to stop, right? And that's yeah, kind of that the was point. Her. That was like the yep. inspiration. So yeah, it is very fitting that we get to, we're going to do it once a year. We get to remember the, the pup that way, the girl. And uh, it's not just like a quick three minute workout or something or, yeah. or short, you know, it is a, a day long and you get to kind of <laughs> yeah. keep going with it. So there were so many times where I w- wished I could have had her like strapped to my backpack, pulling yeah, me, pulling you. Yeah, <laughs> she was. As you know, she was very good at that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I remember one time we were running and I ran with her in a trail hike and she was pulling me. I was like, this is fucking easy. <laughs> yeah, dude. She she pulled me up um, like a half of a hike up to a place called Lake in the Clouds in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like a 12, six miles up, six miles down. And I had made it like four miles up with her and I was toasted like I was done. And she mm-hmm. basically pulled me up the last two miles yeah um which was incredible i mean she just had a motor and she was so strong and that's a thing for labs in general but man she Mm -hmm. just she just never stopped uh she was a beast yeah she uh, i was bummed it was raining it's still raining today we didn't get to go out and do the whole thing we ended up going out for just a regular walk later because we had to yeah um it wasn't anything big but we'll we'll try to hit it sunday if the weather days clear but it's been raining like fucking crazy out here in the valley and yeah. i cut my day short today at work because it was just way too windy and, and rainy yeah the, the road up to the town i work at is notoriously kind of bad anyway sketchy yeah so yeah everything's flooded it's kind of crazy um it made me think of the this episode i listened to of a podcast about the central valley where back in the 1800s we should do an episode on it it's very interesting and and kind of funny about what happened not funny but funny how people tried to prevent it and react to it Mm -hmm. yep where so the whole valley was kind of like was native land native lives in the valley and every you know couple decades the natives would go up into the mountains because they would predict like this horrid downpour over a course of weeks like a week or two or three weeks so they would go up in the mountains to avoid it because the whole valley would flood and uh, well, it just so happened in the 1800s that this was happening again. So all of like the natives went up into the mountains. At this time, people were settling over here with the gold rush and all this stuff. So Sacramento was a brand new city. And anyways, horrible rainstorms. Everything from Sacramento down to like Bakersfield, which is the entire mm. valley, was like under feet of water. Like at some points, 20, 30 feet of water and just destroyed like all the infrastructure, everything. And uh, this is the 1800s. And they say, from what I remember, that it's going to happen again. This is something that happens. And just from the past couple days of pretty moderate rainfall compared to like Michigan, it's crazy. All the rivers that were dry are now full of water and like overflowing. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because now they're saying if this was to happen today, it would be the biggest humanitarian natural disaster in the history of the world. It would be like trillions of dollars of lost things so yeah uh it it we should do that that would be a fun topic to dive into yeah that'd be a good history episode for sure 
very interesting. But uh, yeah, so anyway, hopefully it clears up. We'll hit the ruck later this week, and uh, we'll share your suffering. Way worse than expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get into today's topic. There really is no big main topic today. I thought this would be fun. A fun, easy, kind of going day of, of just random questions that we'll, we'll ask each other. Mm-hmm. The, I kind of pulled off the internet, good thought-provoking stuff, some silly, some serious, yeah, and hopefully gets the people thinking at home, too, about what they would answer and all that Absolutely. fun stuff. So, you ready? I'm ready, dude. It's good cool, to man. do these kind of episodes. We haven't done one of these, what was episode three? We did yeah. like a Would You Rather episode. Oh, yeah, really the fun. Would You Rather, yeah. Yeah, that was back yeah. when we had like our i like the free <laughs> headphones you get with the i your iPhone yes. with the thing and it's like dangling all over yours and it's like you know brushing up against you and it's horrible yeah. audio but I remember I was sitting like on my bed in my bedroom and like looking out the window or something while we did that because that was the easiest place to record with whatever yeah. setup that we had and we've come a long way since then oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's 2023. We started in 2019. This Dude, podcast I, of yeah. January. So it's been yeah. Was that four years? It's been four years, man. That's so pretty cool. wild. Now look at us. Yep. We got bald. Well, you got bald head. I got a balding head. You got a beard. <laughs> I got a mustache. I mean, everything's the same, but it's all different. Yeah. Yeah. Much. So yeah, let's get into it, man. All right. Well, I got. Let's start off easy. What is the best movie you've seen over the past year? Ooh, over the past year. Um, seen, we've seen quite a few movies, not a lot in theaters. Um, I would say, kind of, I kind of hate that I'm going to say this, but it's a tie between two Tom Cruise movies. Oh shit! Um, Top Gun Maverick. We saw that when it came out, and I. I liked the first map, the Top Gun movie, but uh, didn't really. I mean, I didn't really know what I was getting into with the. I was like, how are they going to make a sequel of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fantastic. It was really, really well done and like honored his character and all the characters, all the like legacy characters in a really good way, but also brought in the new characters. And there was a lot of like not forced diversity and it was just good. It was just a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the other movie that I saw in 2022 that I hadn't seen before, again, it was a Tom Cruise movie from like 2015, uh, was Oblivion and Mm. I had never seen it before, never gave it much thought. And I saw it on Netflix and I decided to give it a watch based on a recommendation actually off a YouTube channel of a guy that reviews movies and it ended up being really good. It's a really, really solid sci-fi movie that I think kind of went under the radar um and it kind of brings forth some like um solid thought provoking moments and um just overall like it's good sci-fi and you can see yeah. how that movie uh impacted there was uh, a couple video games that came out around the same time that had a very similar vibe and premise um and like even like the main villain was very similar so anyway uh yeah oblivion was it was a uh, like surprise to be sure yeah. but a welcome one yeah that's good yeah i've seen uh i saw top gun speaking of top gun i was at the grocery store right around when top gun came out maverick and i was wearing like a baseball cap and i had a mustache and i was just like <laughs> waiting there for like a new propane tank right just like posted up chilling minding my own business and some like 
unpleasant. He's a fucking mm. douchebag, honestly. He yeah. like walked by with his friends. He's like in his forties or fifties, like just looked I don't know, whatever. He walked by and he's like, You seen Top Gun yet? And like kept walking. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't say anything to the guy. I didn't even look at him. But yeah. I like I was like, why would you say that to me? No, I haven't yet. Yeah. Actually, sir. I guess like because <laughs> of what's his face has like a great mustache in it and you know, like baseball yeah. hat. I probably looked like someone from Maverick. Yeah, and you're so ripped. Like, so yeah. Fucking whatever, man. <laughs> I like that movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was good. Um, I think the best movie I've seen over the past year, I really liked, it was so surprising, but I really, really liked um, the unbearable weight of massive talent oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, dude. With uh, Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely in like the top five of movies I saw in yeah, 2022. It, it was, it wasn't like monumental or like a filmmaking masterpiece, but it yeah. was really made me appreciate what Nick Cage has done. He's done a lot yep. of like the same character, which is hilarious, but they're making fun of that, but in like a really cool way Yeah, that, you know, that he, he's able to like kind of make fun of himself. He's like, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun movie. Yeah. It was, man. I, yeah. We watched that on the plane coming to Fresno and I had no idea really what to expect, but yeah, it was really funny and it was yeah. just solid, yep. solid, was, good movie. You know, it wasn't like, a big shooter like over the top grotesque thing it wasn't like big mm-hmm. action there was a lot of humor in it yeah and some good human moments too like really humanizing moments of of him because he's him playing him um right. sort of a like over dramatized version but yeah bro the part where he like you're nick fucking <laughs> Woo! Woo! cage yeah. dude his it's like alter ridiculous. ego guy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyways yeah. fucking cage <laughs> yeah it was funny the other one i think was i think marvel is kind of fizzling out they haven't released too much into the past couple months that i've seen it's been like really great but i really liked mostly because of the characters the the newest spider-man because it brought everybody back and i thought it was like kind of yeah. Like an emotional yeah yeah yeah, thing. yeah that was good that was no that just was just over a year ago but that was probably the best Marvel movie of 2022. Marvel kind of sucked um, a little bit in 2022. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see them. They're pr- trying to bring in a lot of new characters that I don't know of from comics and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thor is like, you know, I really like to get, see Thor get serious again. But I'm not a diehard Marvel guy, really. I just really like the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Yeah, Thor, the new Thor movie was pretty disappointing. Ragnarok was a really good balance of serious and silly, and the new one was just, like, too silly. It's too silly and CGI was, yeah. and kitty, so it wasn't. Yeah, but, you know, for sure. It'd be, it'd be that way. Um, all right, well, let's go to the next one. Eh? Um, if all animals in the animal kingdom were to fight to see who survives, who is the last animal standing? So if all animals in the animal kingdom fought to see who would survive. Yeah, like one-on-ones. Like, okay, it's like a playoff. Like oh, bear yeah, it's like brackets. Koala. Okay. And then, you know, who, who gets to the end mm. and who fights Man, and that's who a wins. really Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, that's a really good question. Um, it's hard to argue with, like, Kodiak brown bear, like Alaskan Kodiak bear. Mm. They're massive they're like 10 feet tall and extremely powerful and fast enough to do everything that they need to do but i actually think it would probably be like a gorilla gorillas have they have sharp teeth they're insanely strong they're huge 
Yeah, like a silverback gor- gorilla. Um, and they have thumbs. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, it, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to go against a gorilla. But mm-hmm. what if you're fighting in the water though? Then a shark's then the shark's got the right. You know, so it just all kind of depends. I I asked Jess this, and we 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 decided to stick with land creatures. Mm, okay, fair so enough. That kind yeah. of you know that I mean water. Yeah, shark would win no matter. what. I mean. I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say silverback gorilla with there's a couple close contenders. I think like a a brown bear would have a pretty like solid chance of like a big Kodiak brown mm-hmm. bear too, not just yeah. like a like a grizzly, like a Kodiak. Yeah, Kodiak Alaskan Kodiak, yeah. Oh yeah. So, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the silverback gorilla. That's a solid choice, and I have a little bit of an advantage because I knew I was going to ask these, so I've had some time to think. But off the top of my head, my first thought was uh, tiger or mm. um, uh, the Kodiak brown bear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, silverback gorilla for sure. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, let's look at it. So I looked it up. Apparently, silverback gorillas are like very docile and shy and, and very reserved unless they are extre- like really provoked and threatened. Yeah. So my thought was like, well... The aggressive nature is there, but only if Dude, they're one on one in a Coliseum, man. That's right. So they are in that scenario, I guess they are threatened. So I might yeah. agree with you, Silverback, because they have dexterity, right? <laughs> yeah. They can side to side. They're fucking crazy huge. Yeah. But my other thought was a polar bear. Mm-hmm. Polar bears are fucking scary and giant and they'll like don't give a shit. I would, I would take a brown food. bear over the polar bear. You would? Uh huh. For don't know. sure. I don't know. I think, I think polar bears are fighting for food more and a little bit way more aggressive in that survival of the fittest. Yeah, I, I think, bet. I mean, you're, there's we're not, like I mean, a, either one. There's got to be a dark horse candidate that's like a smaller animal that would. Okay. I don't, I, and I'm just not thinking of it right now. Yeah, like the honey badger, right? <laughs> um, there's got to be something though that's like. I would up, pull the upset. I just can't yeah. think of it right now. We, we would probably need to ask like a biologist or something. Uh, be, and they yeah. would be like, oh, the uh, African high treed horn frog. Yeah. And right. it'd be like, it's poisonous. It'll paralyze the creature with Instantly. one bite and then, yeah. and then they're yeah. dead. You know, something right. like that would probably like take it. But for brute strength, we got to look at that. Brown yeah. Bears, cool. Do uh, you have a question? You want to go for one? Yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. So this one's a little bit. We've at, we've asked two um, sort of surface level questions, which is great. I'm going to ask you a little bit deeper one to think about. What is your proudest accomplishment so far in your 30 years on this planet? Oh shit! My proudest. I'm thinking of like three. Yeah, go give your top three then. Okay. Number three would probably be to, yeah, being voted captain of the rugby team. I was mm. really, really proud of that in the moment. I couldn't, I was like on cloud nine. I couldn't believe that I actually did it. Yeah, for sure. For all those years prior, I felt like I could do something like that, like be a mm-hmm. leader and like actually play rugby well. Because during high school, skinnier kid, everyone, friends were kind of, I would be like, you know, kind of the punching bag in a way. Yep. So to kind of reverse and just kind of, use that as fuel to actually uh, uh, be viewed as a leader was felt really good. Yeah, that's so a good very, one. I was very, very yep. proud of that. I think second would be how well Millie has turned out. I'm really proud of... I know it sounds crazy, right? But no, no. Some, some 
I'll get some some background. So usually miniature dachshunds are like little kind of shitheads, don't really like yes. strangers, don't really like new people or changes or anything like that. Yeah. She's incredible. She loves everybody, no matter who it is, unless like they're coming into the house at night. I think she knows. But like anytime we're out in public, she's like happy. It's the happiest she's ever is, is when she's meeting new people or around the gym or seeing new people doing stuff yeah. and walking. And you can just tell her tail, tail perks up. And that's so unusual for a dachshund. Um, so I'm really proud of that, that I got to expose her from a young age to all mm-hmm. those new things that she like loves it. I really think she would do well, like going to senior homes and stuff and seeing people like that and being like a yeah. kind of like a a care dog in a way i think yep. she would do really well and maybe we'll yeah millie's that. awesome she got that seal fur yeah, yeah she got seal <laughs> fur you know and i could just tell like when she's not doing those things she's like kind of like Mur. you know she's not out and about she's like laying on the couch right now and she's like Mur, i don't snuggled under a blanket yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is chill too i'm like i'm really proud of how we got to raise her and the way she is because before the wiener dog i had before like had so much separation anxiety like mm, uh yeah was just barked and barked at every noise and it was super annoying to have right. her around we loved her she was our family dog but it was just kind of like a headache yeah so uh i was like no millie is going to be different she's going to learn tricks and shake and to be obedient and to come when i tell her yeah because um, i want to keep her safe because heidi ended up escaping and kind of kind of we don't know what happened but she probably got hit um so she didn't make it. And I think I always viewed that as a result of a lack of training, a lack of socialization. And sure, so I was like, well, I'm really proud that Millie's, uh, hopefully that will never happen. Uh, the other, my, my probably top proudest moment would be um, kind of where I'm at right now as far as uh, actually finding a way to be financially uh, stable and independent with Jess. Yeah. and actually pay for things on my own and help family if they actually needed it because mm-hmm. um, that's a huge change from where i was just three or four years ago which was yeah you know not not great <laughs> <laughs> so making and I, I it's it's kind of funny like there was this jim carrey thing uh years ago where he wrote himself a 10 million dollar check he wrote it to himself for years from now and then you know years later the story goes he so he says he got the role of dumb and dumber and he got that 10 million dollar check from the studio so in 2018 or 17 or something like that i wrote myself a check yeah for uh a, an amount of money that i thought was like something i would never ever make yeah and uh i made it this year hell yeah I made just over it this year which wow. is is crazy um so it's just like that self-fulfilling prophecy like the universe belief yeah, yeah. And, and and i never stopped believing that i was gonna do it and you know we did it so it's Got to hold on to it now, but that's, yeah. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, you guys, um, I think it's for most, especially couples, but I mean, individuals too, but you guys moved from a, you were in a very comfortable spot. Jess had a nice house um, and you chose to go and move out west to Fresno. And I think it's so valuable for everybody to do that. Um, you experience like a fast track of growth and change and you really start to, be able to sort of distill down what you're really what's really important to you and then you can start you can do you can start to build that for the next phase of your life um like moving out to colorado the three years i was out there probably some of the hardest times uh, they were some of the hardest times of my life period Mm -hmm. um but they really helped me grow and change 
and become like honestly become the man that like I always wanted to be um or thought I was even yeah. um and continue to grow and continue to to change in those ways and so I, I I love that you it was a shock when you guys announced that you were moving and it was sad for us because I had just moved back but yeah like it, you know it's truly one of the most life changing things that you can do is really step outside your comfort zone like that so it's been good to see that for you guys yeah i would agree i think we both advocate move away for a little bit and do it in mm-hmm. your late 20s when you're a little bit stable maybe yeah. financially and able to do it and you can really cut ties with what you had back in your hometown um, whether it's moving east or west or wherever you are you know move, I think yeah it, it, I, 2021 was like you said some of the hardest times of your life for me that was the hardest year of my life everything sure. in my brain was like go home you have to go home because mm-hmm. my roots were like trying to drag me back and man you just fuck yeah there's once so you, much growth can happen once you understand the roots and where you're sort of planted but you you're like a tree right you always go where the light your branches are going to go where the light is um and taking a making a decision to move outside of that comfort zone you're going to grow towards the light no matter what um but now like i said you've just you guys have put yourselves in a position that wherever you choose to go in the next three five ten years whatever um it's going to be like another wonderful change um and especially since you did you guys did it together like you were all you were already a pretty established couple and i think a lot of like married people don't take advantage of the ability to like cut ties with their family a little bit mm-hmm. and go and like live life on your own and really like invest into each other. Yeah. And I see a lot of that with you and Jess, like you guys moved away from everybody that you knew and you were comfortable with and you were forced into this a lot of times a really hard, like the, the move itself was <laughs> so hard for like the whole process. Yeah. But you guys have come together in such a beautiful way because of it. And it's been really, it's just been fun to see. Thanks. Yeah. It has been good. Yeah. First couple of years weren't, but yeah, it was rough, a little rough going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the way it is though. I mean, like you probably experienced that, but you know, God, it gets, yeah, it gets better. It gets sucks. better. Yeah. So I don't know what, okay. What, what's your proudest moment? I kind of have uh, kind of the same as you. There's a couple, but my proudest like individual accomplishment is certainly uh, passing M Coles and like being uh, becoming a commissioned ranger and all that. Like all of that kind of combined into one, which I don't like combining it into one because passing M Coles by itself was such a huge accomplishment for me. And also like stepping and like changing careers and and diving in and you know, change and being successful with that has really been a very proud accomplishment, but um, undoubtedly my proudest overall accomplishment has been persevering and finding my relationship with Connor. Um, it took, as, as we've talked about, like it took a lot of work on myself to be ready for that relationship. It took like consistent work and effort and having the right people around me like you bringing her you know bringing the podcast together um and i still i mean i see that very much as my i mean if you call it an accomplishment maybe that's the wrong way to put it but like my relationship with her and our life together um is truly something i never would have expected yeah yeah that's been it's been really great (laughs) i've known you for a while a few years a couple years now yeah, and been like 
10, 11 years. Yeah, 10 or 11. Yep, yeah. 2011. But um, yeah. yeah, you know, it is kind of crazy how that how that works. You know, you never know what life is going to throw at you. And the podcast just kind of really mag, mag, like a magnet came together of all three of yeah. us. Me and Connor always wanted to do one. And then you were on one. Mm-hmm. a podcast with jared uh coach jared, jared hamilton other yeah. jared hamilton yep and yep. then it was just like it was like a transformer coming together for Megabot. like a it was a springboard like the podcast really was a springboard for us all of all of mm-hmm. us into as individuals because i think like you and connor are all have always been very health-minded obviously um but like bringing all of these ideas together in such a, a concentrated way like we did especially those first six months like it was pretty special to experience and we've had our bumps in the road as a trio and, and whatever. And I, I think we've found a really good path forward with the podcast. I'm also really, I'm really proud of the work we've done with this. Yeah. yeah. We're a hundred over 160 episodes in and our listenership has continued to grow every year, every six months. Um, not that I'm all in it for the listeners. I do it a lot for myself and growth and whatever and to maintain a solid relationship with you but man it's been cool to experience the growth and it's been really special and fun yeah that is a great point of the podcast so we've released i looked back we've released an episode every single week since november of 2021 yeah which you know from 2019 up until that point we would release you know 20 30 in a row and then kind of you know things would happen yeah it was crazy Life was a little bit more unstable for like for all of us. Really, there was a lot of change happening. Yeah, you and Connor moving around. I was moving around. So that mm-hmm. is very good. Yeah, we're, I'm very proud of the podcast too. Um, yeah, and your relationship with with Connor is obviously that's such a, that's a milestone. What is it? Yeah. What what is it when it, on the Xbox when you complete a thing? An achievement. Like, achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Achievement, achievement unlocked. unlocked. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Let me go next. So if you had if you had all the resources at hand with all necessary funding and land and permits and labor and intelligence to build anything, what would you build? Mm. This can be like anything, anything, man, for yourself or anybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Perfect world scenario. I would love to have like. I'm thinking it's got to be at least 500 acres, a thousand acres. I'm going to say a thousand acres because we're living in perfect world uh, scenarios. Mm-hmm. So a thousand acres um, with engineered uh, roads and like trails and um, all that, but have the thousand acres split up between all my closest friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and each one of them, each one of them has whatever like and so let's say they they all get five acres to build whatever they want on um they can build whatever house they want but it has to be within that space so it can't be like a ma- a mega castle mm-hmm. um Fuck. yeah right sorry you can build, build a, a castle moat. you can build a castle in a moat but it has to be small <laughs> <laughs> and approachable <laughs> yeah listen you're dictating yeah no I this want is you running my life like this yeah what gives this you is, the right yeah this is just my perfect situation my okay. friend all right um but like yeah and like have everybody everyone's like spread out and can do their own thing but have everyone close enough to where like we can stop by and have dinner on a you know on kind of on a whim or like get the kids together and hang out 
um, get a workout in together. And, uh, but more realistically, if I could do anything right now, the way I want it, I would love to have like a hundred acres, um, with a, like, I'm not even going to like realistically like 2000 to 2,500 square foot home, like four bedrooms, two bathrooms, space for a gym, a basement with maybe like a space to hang out, um, like a, like a bourbon bar or whatever. Um, the hobby room for hunting and Lego and whatever, and then a full shop, like a four car garage space mm-hmm. for to work on vehicles, to work on projects, to um, that type of thing, like whatever that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, like on some property with easy access to hunting and um, again like trail systems and whatever that are good for you know walking around. So that's kind of like perfect scenario uh would be something similar to that but it'd be really nice to have we always talk about this having friends and family closer because so many of our friends live so far away um and it's obviously pretty easy to maintain connections in this day and age but there's something to be said for that neighborhood feel too where like you can just walk down the road and sit on someone's porch for an hour and hang out and then go home um or have dinner uh, and then you know whatever um, that would be like my ideal lifestyle yeah. moving forward. The way I pictured it too, is like somewhere in Northern Michigan. And that's where I would probably want to be too, is some, some sort of acreage, enough land to like have space, but enough, not too big where it's unmanageable. Yeah. But yeah. Probably like some, some just like natural growth, right? For sure. Trees, river, whatever. And then yeah, a nice house solar like something that's off the grid and sustainable oh, yeah. on my own i think yep. it's really kind of would be ideal for i didn't even think us. about that that's a great point yeah sustainable yeah, so stuff for sure not relied on anybody else except us and i would really want this is be this is the selfish answer i would really want like a horse i learn how want to learn how to take care of a horse because i want to ride a horse around because that sounds cool yeah like a donkey and a solid chicken coop and maybe a cow i don't know not not too much where i have to like you know, devote your whole life to it. My whole life, but like you know, a daily chores and stuff, and taking care of these animals. Yeah, because I think that'd be very rewarding and cool. And I think, I mean, going back to my proudest moment, I think I love taking care of Millie and leading her that way. I think that's probably why I got Scout because I yeah. love the, I love just like having control, I guess, over a little a creature and like yeah. being able to mold them. Yeah, and seeing their loyalty is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that with a cow too much i think but i don't know um and then my other answer would be two two, okay i have two more so on that property or off that property whatever i'd also want to build up god going and do a lot for animals but i think if i didn't have to work or do anything i would build a big dog rescue oh yeah you know just like however many dogs we can fit with however many volunteers and staff yeah you know unlimited where you know every you know all these I go around Madera, California, and like there's so many stray dogs that are just mm. just going around, and I yeah. see a lot of like dogs on the side of the road, like That's a, tough. a lot. Um, yeah, and it's very sad. And even before all that experience, these experiences, I'm like, man, these dogs deserve like a rescue place and a home. And there yeah. are really great places out there, but there's not enough, right? I was yeah, it never hurts to have another one. Yeah, so that's what I would do. I think that'd be really cool and just like not work, just a fun and rewarding yeah. thing. And then for for the country, I'd be I would build high speed rail in a really smart Dude. and good way. I would love high speed rail. 
Yeah, we had a that was one of our talks while we were high, uh, rucking yesterday was why is there not a high speed rail system in any of the states, but across the country? Um, obviously, there's rail systems, but they're very much for pleasure. They're very much like trips. Uh, yeah, it's and it, like the conspiracy theory, obviously, is, you know, the, the big auto industry and our dependence on oil, like. All this type of stuff, which, hey, that, uh, that's a fairly reasonable suspicion, I would say, mm-hmm. as to why there's so much uh, yeah, a lot lobbyists. You know, I, I think that's not the craziest theory. No. But man, to go from L.A. to Detroit, Chicago or Boston or wherever in like a day or two would be amazing. Because right now it's Amtrak actually, sorry, two days and high speed rail is like slow. Amtrak will take yeah. you from Detroit to L.A. in just over two days. Yeah. So high-speed rail should be like within 8 to 12 hours or something. I was going to say like t- less than 12 hours would be amazing. Yeah. Like, and I have it be that. like fairly reasonable cost too. Right. Um, I think like in states, man, like you look at Michigan, I think Michigan would be a perfect example of a high-speed rail system that would be really, really incredible because everything kind of goes to a central hub, which is sort of like Detroit, but you have all the stops along the way. So you've got mount pleasant and lansing and mackinac city and traverse city and grand rapids like um there's so much possibility for a really awesome high-speed rail system where you get to like right now i'm thinking go to traverse city get on the high-speed rail to detroit you're in detroit in 45 minutes like Mm -hmm. it's a game changer that's a that's a game changer um so maybe someday i don't know i'm not an engineer i don't know what it would take to do it but (laughs) yeah but we have unlimited resources and funding. And Other countries areas. have done it. Why can't we? Yeah. And that goes back to like the infrastructure. Like Japan has them. Japan has like an amazing public transit system. Mm-hmm. But they're also not built for like roadways and cars like we are. Yeah. They're, not, so they're very condensed. They don't have so the space. It, it yeah. works for them. But I think we can make it work for us. We have enough money. Jesus Christ. Um, anyways. Okay. So Elon ask, Musk hasn't done that. <laughs> so. And did you see what we were talking about in the group chat with fantasy football the other day? The Tesla, no. the Tesla. So Tesla built in Las Vegas. It's the Tesla loop and it's a subway system. Oh. But instead of a subway, it's Tesla cars that just come and they drive underground. Huh. And, uh, um, interesting. I, I, I've never heard of it. And I was like, oh, it sounds kind of interesting, I guess. But then Poof was like, this is the stupidest idea in the world. And he gave his reasonings. And I was like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. It's just a fucking mm-hmm. subway. It's, there's probably way more environmental impact to have all these cars go through than just oh, like yeah. one electrical subway train that has been solved, right. you know, 100 years ago or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, all right. Here's a, a fun one. What's your most irrational superstition? Oh, God. Um, superstition. Like, like, what do you mean? Irrational worry. So. No, like superstition. So like sport, like sporting wise, there was always a lot of superstition around like pregame, uh, mm. pregame schedules, what you did. Like one of mine, I'll give I'll give an example. This wasn't maybe the most irrational, but every time I left the locker room from our high school football <laughs> locker room, there was one sign that I hit. I never hit any of the other ones. I hit one sign every time, every single time, whether I was like, whether there was a game practice coming in for film, it didn't matter. One sign every time. Okay. Hmm. Irrational. Man, I don't know. I have a lot of irrational worries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a worrier. You're like Connor. Ira- yeah. irrational. I have irrational fears. 
Um, yeah, I don't know if I have one. You kind of put my mind on a track of sports. Um, that's it. That's how it manifested most yeah. like in my life. Um, I'll give mine. Maybe, maybe that'll give you an idea. Okay. Uh, when I worked at the uh, treatment center out in Colorado, our biggest thing was always you never say the word quiet or calm. Um, as soon as you say like someone says, hey, how's your day going? Or like whatever, and you say, "Oh yeah, it's pretty quiet." Like immediately, shit's about to pop off, and yeah. that continued. Uh, that continued when I worked at the hospital, and that's somewhat how it's continued, sort of at the park. Um, people are really superstitious about that. Like you never say quiet or calm. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's funny, but it still is definitely a thing that I experience yeah. almost on a daily basis in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. I don't know if I have one off the top of my head. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I do. Okay, well, let's, let's go. I know you've got... What's your most irrational fear, then? Okay. I, it's not current. This is not current. But my most irrational fear of my life was that I had... Uh, uh, what was, a, I, that I had ALS. Oh, you know what ALS is <laughs> that's a Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah, Lou Gehrig's yeah. It's probably like the worst neurological disease yeah. you can get. It's super yeah. scary, and that's why I was like fierce. So this goes back uh, to a period of my life that was extremely difficult and stressful, and like I had like all this like hand twitching, <laughs> like my fingers were like twitch and like my muscles and like my forearms and stuff, and I was like, man, what is going on? And then like I started to panic about it, and this was like. Um, this is during COVID when like a, a lot everyone's health was like on high alert and health anxiety was like a huge thing for me. And uh, I was like, man, when, so I started like, like did the worst thing you can do, which is Google symptoms. Don't ever yeah, Google symptoms. True. You, if you have symptoms of something, you either sit with them and see if they go away, <laughs> which they probably will. Or if yeah. they're like immediate, like you're having severe chest pain, just go to the hospital. Yeah. Uh, don't Google symptoms based on off of fear or anxiety because it's only yeah. going to make it worse but anyway yeah i thought i had like als for like six months man and, that's uh, wild and uh and it's stupid because it, with als you are like progressively deteriorating it's not like yeah. oh i got tingly fingers right um lou gehrig's disease is like oh i can't i can no longer walk yep in a and pretty do short things. amount of time yeah yes it's very uh very scary actually and, and mm-hmm. but yeah that's my, was my worst irrational fear very stupid, but I don't have it anymore, obviously, because I'm sorry. Right. Connor has a lot of irrational fears. Like she was pretty sure the water heater was going to blow up after my dad was talking to us about our water heater <laughs> because it had it had sediment at the bottom of it because we have hard water. So it had sediment at, that had settled at the bottom. And when you turn the hot water on, the water heater would like pop like popcorn. Um, and all it was was the sediment breaking up as it heated up. Um, pretty normal thing. Like you drain your water heater every year when you have hard water, it's no big deal. But, uh, that obviously hadn't been done in a while. Anyway, he got to talking to her about it. And long story short, we ended up with a new water heater about two days after my parents had left. What? <laughs> and she I was got a like, new one? we, yeah, I mean, and don't get me wrong. We needed a new water heater. Okay, However, right. it was not going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> um, it has okay. happened though. Water heaters yeah. have blown up and it, it does happen. But now we have a brand new water heater. That's, well, that's very nice. That's really pleasant. Yeah. So that's excellent. 
<laughs> you know, adult shit, you know, nothing like spending money on stuff that was just there when you were a kid and you have to worry about it. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I got a fun one, too. What is the weirdest food you've ever eaten? Mm, man, I've eaten a lot of weird things lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, weirdest food I've ever eaten. I one time, I don't know if this is the weirdest thing I've ever eaten or not. But basically, as I've started to get like into organ meats, it seems less weird. But if you would ask me before that, it was weird. I went mm-hmm. to a Mexican restaurant in New Mexico, and um, they have these sandwiches. They're called tortas, and it's basically like whatever meat you order on a sandwich with like some avocado right. and cilantro, or whatever. It, delicious. Um, I had no idea what the menu said because it was in Spanish. So there was like six meat choices or five meat choices. And I just was like, just give me all of them. <laughs> One and of so each. they, yeah, basically like uh, they, what they did, they bring the bun out and then they bring the plate of meat all kind of spread out. It's kind of like you're doing lines of cocaine, but it was meat, which was better. Um, and I basically just like put the meat onto part of the bun. It ate it and then, you know, whatever. It was ama- it was delicious. Um, get to the end of the meal and I asked someone if anyone spoke English and somebody did. So like came over and I asked like, what was this? What was this? What was this? And they're like, oh, that's stomach lining and that's beef cheeks and that's uh, uh, intestines. Uh, this and like whatever. And this this was in like 2012 when I was not into any of that type of stuff and i was like what and i loved it it was so good yeah (laughs) um but yeah i don't know i would say that's i mean that might be the weirdest thing but i've been eating a a lot of raw bone marrow and stuff lately so Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem that weird anymore but uh yeah yeah. i think to the average person though that's that's like a way out there yeah even bone marrow is way out there yeah uh, like last year when i harvested my first deer I cooked up the heart and I made, I watched a video on how to properly butcher a heart and I made, uh, I call them heart fingers. So they were lightly breaded and flour, whatever. And I fried them up and they were like little, they look like chicken tenders, but they were mm-hmm. heart, they were heart tenders. And, uh, Did I had like some in ranch primal kitchen, Buffalo sauce, baby. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so good, dude. I, the heart fingers were phenomenal, but yeah, that was, that was probably pretty weird for most people. Yeah. I just, whenever like scenarios like that pop up where like you're eating the heart of something or like, I think the funniest that brings to my mind is like, I give, I used to give my wiener dogs, um, really good aim with that water drink, by the way, it's good. What beards are for. Um, I used to feed my dogs, Millie and Ryder miniature wieners. Um, buffalo kibble like buffalo kibble from buffaloes or whatever oh yeah 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 and i was like damn to think this buffalo was like the massive creature ranging across the field a majestic and now it's going in the tummy of my 10 pound wiener dog who would never hold a candle (laughs) to this fucking buffalo it's just like you're eating deer fingers let's dip it in some ranch and it's like damn the deer's like what the fuck from heaven you know yeah (laughs) deer heaven or whatever deer hell i don't know yeah but you know yeah deer hearts um, someone else just cooked deer heart. I think it was uh, the other day I saw him do it. Pillsbury. Uh, what's oh, name? Michael. Beast. Yeah, beast. He got a deer. It's, it's only weird to people who aren't in that community. Again, if you would asked me that 10 years ago, I would have been like, hell yeah, that's weird. I would never do that. But now it's like, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. You understand the benefits. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cool. I think the weirdest food I've ever eaten was. It hasn't been that weird. I haven't really tried too many weird things. I would like to try a bite of a few things like liver and heart. Maybe I'd, I would do that. Uh, but up to this point, the weirdest thing has just been like raw seafood, like on the coast, coast yeah. of California. We've had like some like straight seafood out of the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, not really oh, raw things, but I tried tried a few bites of just like really different fish and like the little fish eggs caviar is called. Yeah, caviar. Not that weird, but I the had that. it was tasted like little like candy like beads like yeah like those uh, balls. like the boba yeah. balls yeah yeah just like little boba balls really really weird apparently it's yeah. like full of omega is really good for you oh yeah um yeah this i would i'm also i like trying like different foods i don't think of anything as like too weird i'll tell you what the the one thing that really weirds me out and i still can't really eat um whole fish so like people who like mm, just ahead. cook a whole fish in a like a skillet can't do it yeah can't do yeah, that I'm, I'm with you on that that's that's not enough it's not it's hasn't blurred the line of animal and food too much with like that's it's not even it's not even that for me i don't really know what it is because i have done it before we caught a brook trout in colorado and fried it up like five minutes later and it was really good um but i think it's like having the it's uh the whole package still together um and like laid out on a plate that'd be like throwing the the deer just onto the table and being like dig in <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like just um, staring at you yeah which i guess okay but i don't know something about the yeah. whole fish just doesn't appeal to me yeah there's different cultures out there too i asked this question in, at the crossfit at a crossfit class before and uh there's some weird things people have been to different countries that they've tried. Yeah. like i mean the stuff that we would view as like heresy uh like horse um yeah stuff like that it's like yeah we, that's um, true there's some yeah i remember you watch like top gear and you see some of the things that those guys eat sometimes mm-hmm. or bizarre foods with andrew zimmern <laughs> back mm-hmm. on the travel channel man that yeah, guy used to eat, eat some crazy shit yeah man uh do you have another one another question yeah i got i got one more question for you cool let's do one if more money one more for me yeah sounds good if money were no object how would you spend your time so it's not like what would you do for a living or whatever it's just how would you spend your time yeah that's a good question i think i i've answered this earlier and before it's been the same answer is that i would open up a dog rescue and i would just fucking hang out with dogs all day get volunteers staff whatever feed them pet them hang yeah, out yeah i would want to run it though like have someone who knows what they're doing obviously to help i don't know what i'm doing but uh yeah someone who's like experienced with animals that's what i think what i, I would want to do because I feel like I would just wake up every morning and love to do it. For Not sure. Not that I don't love what I do now, but it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I like that. I, I like that. I don't know what I would do. Um, I love what I do now. I love my job. And I think that if I, could, if I could choose to do anything that I wanted and money were no issue, I would do what I currently do part of the day, but then be able to fill my day with like, um, I don't know, like guided learning activities. So like I want to I want an in-home chef. Mm. I want an in-home like archery teacher. I want an in-home like banjo instructor mm-hmm. um, and be able to like fill my day up with stuff like that. Um, if money were no object. Yeah. But at the same time, having like my the, the work that I get, the job that I get to do, 
um, for part of the day would be fantastic. Um, I really have it pretty good right now where I work like most of the year. I work my ass off and then I get three months out of the year to rest and do basically whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel very blessed to be able to do that because I do kind of get to do what I want. <laughs> yeah. You do have a cool job. I like that your job gets that couple months off because you got to get to reset in a way yeah it's really healing and continue continue you know you get to reset and chill yeah because i in a a lot of people's like daily grind right like you never get a chance to take a break and when you take a vacation like doesn't really feel like a vacation because you know you're going back to a shit show because you left for a week Mm um and i never feel that way (laughs) um i know that when i come on shift chances are I'm not going to have an email full of, or an inbox full of emails and like um it's not going to be an absolute just shit show. Um and I feel really blessed to but I also know I'm going to have fun. I'm going to work hard. We're going to deal with some weird 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 stuff. Um but it's all going to be good at the end of the day. That's a great answer. I would agree with you now that I've put more thought into. It. I would want like someone in home, an actual person to- like everything stuff that I don't even know I'm interested in yet. Like a space scientist coming in to like, give me like teach me space stuff. Up. <laughs> yes. Te- teach me space stuff. It was space rocks and just like put like a big like monitor up to like blow up my ceiling, like space and like go into Mars and yeah, go into different gal. Like that'd be fucking cool right. one day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd l- and the, the other thing too, like was spending your time, I would want to be able to, if money were no issue, I would be able to uh, allow my friends and family to also like have the time off that was relaxing and we could spend some time together so I could spend like two days with you guys and two days with my parents and or whatever. And can, cause I'm the, the older I get, the more I realize like I'm a, I'm just such a relationship and connection driven person. Um, and I like finding the time to cultivate those in, in any day and age is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like being able to, to make time for other people and other people make time for that connection. Yeah. Would be something else I would spend a lot of time with. Yeah. Have sleepovers. Sleepovers. <laughs> Movie night. Chocolate yeah. milk. Star Wars. Um, yeah. I, man, another, I keep going. Uh, I would probably do something. I listened to a really compelling podcast about the oceans and conservation on our trip back home from Michigan because we had mm-hmm. to drive. Oh, and yeah. I was like, damn, dude. The ocean is, from what the scientist says, who's actually working in the field, is, like, fucked. Uh, yeah, it and, is. Like, we don't do it any favors, that's for sure. To, and, we, like, we know that, right? But we don't feel the implications of it, maybe. And, like, yeah. we have no choice but to believe what these people are saying. Like, I 100% believe them. Um. And like, I mean, I would want to do something to help that cause for sure. Uh, that would be something I would want to do too. Yeah. I like that. Um, anyways. All right. That was me speaking out loud to finish that off. Um, I'll send you the podcast. It was, uh, ologies. The podcast itself is called ologies and she brings okay. out scientists from all over different places. I'll text oh, you. sure. Yeah. I probably, I'd like that. Um, what is the best advice you've ever heard or been told? The best advice I've ever been told. Um, Got to go with uh, some advice from the old dad. 
I mean, that's a lot of people's advice. I thought about this question for a while. Um, my dad told me once when I was uncertain about my future and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be, um, he spent a long time in the corporate world, sort of climbing the ladder and, and doing, checking all the boxes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Checking all the boxes. And he told me when I was pursuing whatever was next, he said, chase happiness, not money. Um, do what's going to make you happy because the money will always come back around. And sitting behind a desk doing the job that you are expected to do is not always the best course of action, despite what your parents might tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny because when I actually did leave my career, he was like, Are you sure you want to do this? You have like a decent thing going on right now and you're sort of going into the unknown. I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. Uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and coming from him who they spent, he spent, you know, 30 years, 35 years in a corporate world. And he was very successful, made good money, uh, provided for the family. And then obviously in 2009, 2008, when the, the economic downturn happened, that went away. And so he had to figure out what to do next. And the Blue Swallow Motel came up and um, he said that he despite all of the frustration and all of the hardships of running your own business, um, it was like the best 10 years that he could have asked for after everything that had happened. He was his own boss. He could do whatever he wanted, how he wanted to do it. And the money followed. Like they, they made a great living running the motel and ended up selling it, uh, for way more than they could have ever imagined. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I, I tell people that a lot when they, you know, friends that are asking questions about career change or whatever, because they know that I made a big change. And I always tell them, chase happiness, not money. Um, B, think about your life. Like, your son's never going to remember, your daughter's never going to remember how much money you made. They're going to remember how you were when you came home. Um, and that's really important. Make, make sure your bills are paid, but pursue happiness because you only have one life to live yeah and that pursuance can take it's not like i'm gonna pursue it and then automatically you're happy it, yeah it doesn't it's work like that hard it's yeah. hard we both yep. kind of went through that where we were changing changing our course of the, our life and what we do and i think we, i had this conversation with jess yesterday too who the, who the heck knows what they really want to do coming out of college you go to, to get these college degrees and you yeah. think you know what you want to do but the work at that point is the school. And once you get out into the real world, um, the real world, like your actual job where you're working it, mm-hmm. um, sometimes it's not what you want to do. Uh, there were plenty of people in my PTA class that never went on to be PTAs. In the PT at Central, I knew people that never went on to be PTs, which is crazy because right. it's a doctorate. Right. You know, Jess knew PAs, the students that didn't go on to be PAs, which is sure. crazy. Yeah. Um, it seems crazy, right? But they ended up, she's like, yeah, she didn't become a PA. She opened up a bed and breakfast. Right. How many people yeah. do we know that uh, got exercise science degrees or something? Eddie, who went and traveled France. Yeah, um, was a teacher in, Fran- yeah, in France. Yeah, uh, another guy, I forgot his name at this point, but he became like a head chef. Mm-hmm. We played rugby with him. I can't remember his name. Uh, it's just, you, know, you never know what you want to do until you actually get out there and experience things for, for real. Yeah. And then, yeah, chase what makes you happy. The money will follow. 
I think that something that's really important with this is like, it's really easy to say like chase happiness, not money. Um, obviously you need money to function and live in many ways. You have to buy, you have to have a roof over your head. I mean, all these things, right? Um, but part of this is you have to like manage your expectations a little bit. Like I understand that with our, um, with the way that we've set up our lives, Connor and I, we are, we pay our bills. We have enough money to pursue a lot of hobbies. But like we're never going to be rich, probably um, just based on the career fields that we've you know chosen to go, on, go into. And so like I understand that I'm never going to have a hundred thousand dollar car and I'm never going to have a 20,000 square foot home, but I don't want any of those things either. Um, so like managing your expectations and understanding that it's not really about the money unless it is for you. If that if money is happiness, then sure work. 20 hour days and, you know, hustle harder. Um, but that's not the lifestyle that we wanted. And, um, over the last couple of years, we've sort of like cultivated the lifestyle that we want. And I think about it every day, like every, obviously every day is not bliss, but every day for the last couple of years, I felt very, I mean, just insanely lucky and happy. And I mm-hmm. see a lot of people, my age, a lot of friends that are kind of struggling with what they want and their identity um, because they see what they think they want. They see yeah. the Instagram and the, the social media and the, the comparison trap that you get into with that is really dangerous. And so managing, managing your expectations and really narrowing down what's important to you um, is a big part of finding that happiness because you won't find it if you're always searching for something else. Yeah. I mean, I totally. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us become what we're told to become in a way, and we just get swept away with, yeah, you know, um, just the everyday life of kind of not being aware of it, yeah, and and, and just going through the motions, and and yep. time can go real fast when you're just going through the motions, and oh my god, next thing yeah. you know, you're you're however old, yeah, right. I, I I've personally experienced that just being in my mid to late twenties. I can't imagine mm-hmm. people kind of get into something in their 30s and just do it until they're 50. Didn't it feel like you and, turned 20 or whatever and you, like to 25 kind of felt like it dragged on and then 25 mm-hmm. to 30 was like, boom, gone, boom, gone. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Next thing I knew, I was 30. Yeah. And shoot, I don't even amount. remember what it feels like to be 25. <laughs> Dude, it took so long to go from 20 to 25. I don't remember 25 at all. I don't know what I was doing. Yeah. I was probably at Worthy, 26, probably at Worthy, 27. But man, yeah, it was that, that definitely blew by because there's part of it is like um, what I've learned is you have less novel experiences. So you're doing mm-hmm. the same thing. So time, the perception is, goes by quicker. Whereas like right. in school, right? Elementary school, middle school. Yeah, know, all that stuff so is long. new. It's yeah. all new and all novel. So your brain is like constantly kind of slowing yeah. down perception of time. Which yeah. is really interesting. Uh, but yeah, man, oh man. That's a really think, good point. That's a really yeah. good point. I, uh, when, when I turned 30, it was probably my favorite birthday I've ever had. Because yeah. it felt like such a like, renewal. Like whatever I did in my 20s, those mistakes and the, the, the sacrifices, whatever it took mm-hmm. to get kind of where I'm at now at 30, just so happened I'm there yeah. at 30, was like done. And now I have like this fresh slate, 30s, yeah. it's going to be great. You, you know, learn so much, you know. though, and especially in your late 20s, like you, you guys moved out there in 2020 
And God, I mean, like, again, you're you're removed from the daily grind and you've been your your growth has been accelerated. And so, like, those times were hard and they felt kind of long, I'm sure. But that's that's such a great point. I love that point that you made about, like, growing up, everything's so novel. And then as adults, we tend to get into this, like, rut of consistency, I guess, but not because our brains literally will automate your daily, your daily schedule. Right. So like your drive to work, your 45 minute commute to work feels like it didn't even happen because your brain, it gets so used to that, that you just shut it off. It just shuts off. And then that, that time is gone. And so I love the fact that, I mean, like, think about it. Like you should always want to learn something new and push yourself to do something different because otherwise it's all just automated. That's crazy yeah. to think about that. I lo- I really, really love that. The world is automated these days, right? Yeah, it, it is. It, and it, it can be, you got to really like dig down to find those moments of connection and where you're going to push yourself into something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Starts with awareness, right? So my best advice I've ever gotten was, was also with my dad when I was, yeah. gra- I graduated high school. I don't know if it was the best advice, but it was like the one I remember the most. And it was that I had a choice. I could like stay back at community college or I was like hell bent on going to Western because mm. I had a couple friends that were going to Western and I really wanted yeah. to go to Western. I thought, man, Western's cool. Like it kind of felt like edgy or whatever. I don't know. And uh, I was like, I can't decide. Like I'm looking at the costs of like things and it seems like a lot. I don't know. I'm 18. I told him, I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, tell me what to do because I don't know what to do. He's like, don't go to Western. Don't go to Western. I didn't. I spent the next year at community college, which was not very impactful, but I got a few classes done and then I ended up going to Central the next year when I was like, I know this is what I want to do now. Like, this is what I want to do. I want to go to Central for, it was criminal justice at the time. I'm going to go there, get my degree, and we're going to be working as a police officer. Things changed, obviously, but I knew I wanted to go to Central and like anything else, things kind of happen. You know, I got into exercise science, which is cool. Yeah. And met all my rugby friends, which has been amazing. And Jess and everything like that. So I think that was the best. If I went to Western and went with that group of friends, not that they're bad people, they ended up being very, you know, they're all good now, but they were just not the friends that had my back like the people at Central did, which was a side sidebar to me going to central anyway at that point but still it held value yeah so that was it don't go to western very direct don't go to western yeah <laughs> fuck western <laughs> absolutely um but my follow-up question to a point you had earlier is we were talking about automating our daily task and our daily routine because our brain like makes it easier like we don't have to think about these things anymore so what is one thing that you'd like to eliminate from your daily routine? What is one thing I'd like to eliminate from my daily routine? If I could eliminate one thing, period, it would be um, cooking out of necessity, if that makes sense. So I'm thinking of um, cooking for fun, cooking because I want to or I have the time. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy cooking. However, like the daily grind cooking, I would really really if we if we had unlimited amounts of money we would have a personal chef once a week come in 
make pr- proportion meals for the entire week for us that we can just easily access. Um, and that would be great. But I love to cook, so I don't want to say cooking altogether. But yeah, like the daily grind cooking, like I'm fucking tired from work. Yeah. Neither one of us want to cook. We don't want to eat out. We want to like keep trying to be healthy. It would be that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There's I would rather that- clean the toilet than have to cook like all of these meals, honestly. All of the meal. And then the cleanup, dude, yeah, is... Yeah, I know. because At we cook a lot, day, so hard. we're constantly cleaning and cooking and cleaning and cooking over and over again. Totally, we're the same yep. boat. We cook every day. Yeah, and Jess has a meticulous, meticulous kitchen cleaning routine. Oh, dude, it's yeah. I know you picked up on it. God, I, though. I like it. I like it clean. Like anytime we're done uh, cooking, it's like pans, pots and pans, whatever. Done. Yeah. Dishes in the dishwasher. Wipe the counters, and then we're good. Yeah, We've got a pretty good system down. But yeah, I would say cooking for sure at the end of the day is fucking hard. Yeah. It's the most challenging part of like maintaining a healthy lifestyle for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you don't want to eat out all the time. Oh, man. That's a good answer. Mine, would, mine was probably along the same lines of that. But the thing that I would probably want to eliminate from my daily routine, either the commute to mm. where I go. I'd yeah. really love to see patients just that are five to 10 minutes from my house and do absolutely like a, a loop instead of driving mm-hmm. half hour to people. Yeah. Cause that's an hour commute. So that would probably be the number one most practical thing. The other kind of silly thing I would probably eliminate would be, um, uh, like, like I would want to limit how much I have to sleep, but still have the benefits of sleep. Oh, sure. So like, you know, I would yeah. want to like, yeah, sleep yeah, yeah. like, 10 to four or 11 to four or four thirty-five or what I would like be up and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, um, which, which is entirely if human possible, beings themselves but, didn't require th- enough that amount of sleep, X yeah. amount of sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love yeah. sleeping. Love it. One of my favorite things to do. Like, I love. It's really good for you. Cozy. <laughs> really good for you. Good for the brain. You need yeah. it. But, but yeah, that's would, a great point, though. Yeah, I love that. I'd love to wake up early and just have very quiet mornings every morning. Be able to sleep for like an hour and just have the same amount of energy and re- yeah. the you know healthful benefits of a good night's sleep. Absolutely. Just buddy the elf that shit. Yeah, I got a whole 30 minutes. Whole 45 minutes. <laughs> All right, but let, let's let's tie a bow on it. Let's get out of here. Any closing words, thoughts? No. It was a good time. I these random question things are we don't normally prepare too much for them, so it's a lot of like yeah. just genuine uh thought that just comes right out, which I mm-hmm. kind of I always enjoy that. So yeah, good time. Good stuff. Good talking to you and uh we'll be back next week with the Weekly Warrior podcast. Go leave a rating and a review. Do it now. Do it now. Tell us that you like meat. Because we like meat.